on a tropical edition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Is Ness the real deal on the Oaks Trail? She sure looked like it in the Suncoast this past weekend. A salute to Classic Causeway, a runaway winner in the Sam F. Davis. That only flatters the form more of Smile Happy. How good was that Kentucky Jockey Club stakes? And will the likely favorite in the Risen Star at the fairground this weekend bounce or have another scintillating performance? Louis in the Keys, so is this a rum-fueled happy hour? We'll find out next. <laughs> All right, welcome to the uh, Horse Racing Happy Hour. Mike Gandolfo here. I am uh, high and dry in my normal spot. Uh, Louis <laughs> is Louis is is getting gotten in the in the water today because he got in the ocean or the pool because he's in the Keys mm-hmm. and soaking yep. up the sun. And Megan hates him right now because Megan <laughs> Me- I, Megan has I a natural pool or natural surrounding. water feature going on. <laughs> I I am just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So everything is flooded. Uh, the skies have opened and Kentucky is underwater right now. And we've my got a ton of rain is, today. Ton my creek rain. is in my living room. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, now, yeah. are all the animals safe? That's, you know, first and foremost, what yes. we've got to be concerned about. Right. Last time I checked, all the animals are not underwater just okay. yet, but all the right. water is like six feet away. So it does have to go uphill. So I'm, I'm optimistic, although it just started pouring again. So everything is great. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, and Louie, I guess for you, we need to know, are all the kids alive? Yeah, so right. we're good. Um, okay. I, di- I didn't just go in the ocean today. I did also go in a pool. Um, yeah. And then. Um, nice. Showed off that dad bod. Oh, yeah. It was, it, was, Obviously. it was just gleaming. I imagine the reflection off the whiteness of me landed somewhere in Cuba. Or like the Bahamas yeah. or something. It was not. Yeah, it's not good. Yes, yeah, they're, they're like they're, they thought there was some like nuclear attack going on, <laughs> right. signaling. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Did discover uh-huh. by the way, um, my wife. I, I discovered when I, I so I went to FIU here in Western Miami for a summer, learning Haitian Creole. Only things you hear about on the horse racing happy hour. Um, and uh, Pilsen, which is was a made in Columbia is imported by a company in Hallandale Beach. So I would like to think this is the official drink of Gulfstream Park. And so, um, yeah, you know, this is, this is where we're at. It is a humble brag. Yeah, yeah. mostly. Yeah, so I'm having a, a Colombian beer tonight. Um, the old Pilsen Cerveza Paisa. So there you go. Cheers all, all right. So there you go. We got listeners of Columbia, so cheers. Shout yeah, out. There, you go. there it is. All right. I Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Um, I was actually expecting to be a lot more red than you are. Like I thought, I was questioning if you tanned at all. Or he uses SPF two fifty. <laughs> I used fifty five today. Go As ahead, it, like, whatever. Specially shifted. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in celebration of you being in Florida and also me being able to fish in my backyard, I am oh, wearing yeah. my Alabama Jacks fishing nice. shirt. So, yeah. yeah. Now the real question is: Does Louie come home with a tramp stamp? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like you know, this... so I got Wild one of those on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Okay. Kristen got Kristen got a matching one uh, right above her right knee, so you'll be able to see that mm-hmm. at Derby. Yeah. Is it our logo? Did you just get that? <laughs> <laughs> How amazing would that be, though? So, uh, just if our if Megan suddenly disappears, it means like there's some sort of flood alarm or something like that that went yep. off. And this you'll is like a real hear it. This is a real thing. Yeah. Like we're not joking. Hundred oh, um, <laughs> percent. 
And yesterday I had baby goats um, born on the farm too. So twins, and two they, baby goats. So are they, they're in high ground? They're, you know. They're in high ground until the okay. water reaches the barn. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Which it's really not far from. I mean, um, yeah. it's crazy, you know, being out, been, have been out to Megan's place. It's the water would have to go pretty far away. It is flat. I mean. It's, but, yeah, hundreds yeah. of feet. At, Yes. And uh, and we're there. So yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh-huh. So um, let's get on with the show so we can get in as much in as we possibly can. <laughs> uh, let's let's start with Nest. Uh, the question on the show sheet is how classy is Nest? Megan, what do you think of Nest? Super classy, but that's kind of the way that we thought it was going to go down. I mean, talking about that card last week, that was one of the horses that I think both Louie and I agreed, or at least I know that was like a single worthy horse in my opinion. I mean, she classical class is what we say. And that's exactly what she did. She just did it with such ease. It was an awesome, awesome performance for her. Do we want to go ahead and watch it? Sure. Let's pull it yeah. up. It's Nest who comes up after the lead. A little 11 luck back to second as they turn to the top of the stretch. Nest now a half length in front. A little 11 luck back to second. It's three and a half for four lengths more. Back to Hey Penny down the outside with Blaine the Champagne. But a final furlong to go and Nest sets sail for home. It's Nest by the 16th pole. Widening now. Three in front. A little 11 luck. Second best to the most facile of winners here. Nest going to go on to win it. Geared down by four and a half, five in the end. And there she is looking impressive. You know, one to five favorite. And there's a reason. And yeah. I mean, she ran show. like it. I love the yeah. fact that, I mean, she just looked super comfortable. And I read Ortiz. He was coming around the turn. He wasn't even pulling away from those horses yet. And he just, just kind of looked under his arm. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> she just uh, has so much left in the tank. Louie, you are our resident Philly expert. What did you think of Nest? Not a ton to add to what Megan said. I, I'm always hesitant early in the year to this early, at least uh, mid-February, to sort of anoint the top you know, a horse that's going to be there on, on Oaks Day. She appears to be one that's going to be running on Oaks Day. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say running, certainly, yes. of course, with lots of things that happen. But I think of the horses that we've seen, she's now gone two turns multiple times and looked very good doing it. Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I don't know that there's a reason all of those connections that she shouldn't be in the Louisville on uh, the first Friday in May. And yeah. of course, barring, hopefully she stays healthy. Just, right. you know, that, that always yep. happens. And, uh, and of course, we're going to learn more because <laughs> this weekend we start 50 point races and that's when things start getting real. So, yeah. uh, and it's going to make it even more interesting because, well, I don't want to say it yet. Let's talk about classic Causeway Causeway first. Uh, in the Sam F. Davis. <laughs> let's real quick, let's go to that one. Uh, let's take a look at Classic Causeway. Classic Causeway comes to the top of the stretch. Little Vic has been hounding him throughout as they spin to the top of the lane for the Sam F. Davis. It's Classic Causeway off the turn in front now by two. Little Vic back in the second spot lugging in. Mr. Rum Runner, it's two more than to Volcanic. Shipsational trying to run on down the crown of the track. 16th pole, Classic Causeway. Here's Shipsational who bursts out from the pack, but it's Classic Causeway. I read Ortiz, easy as can be in the Sam Davis. Won it by four. Another just huge win. Favorite pulls it out. Uh, yeah. Initial thoughts on that one, Megan? I just I thought he was certainly a horse to look at. We talked a little bit about his race in the um, Kentucky Jockey Club, which is proving to be a really important two-year-old race coming into the three-year-old season because we've yep. seen multiple horses come back, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But you know, the one question was he had never won at two turns before, so right. it was can he kind of stretch out and you know, and get that done. But um, I thought that he uh, had a little, 
think he had a little trouble at the start in the Kentucky Jockey Club, and he just looked like a horse that ran well enough and looked like he was going to develop as he got older and as he had some time. That's exactly what you saw there. They gave him some time off, and he came back, um, you know, a more capable horse to handle a distance, and I think more mature mentally as well. Yeah, if Megan, if uh, people don't know what Megan's referring to, we saw uh, the Holy Bull winner with White Abario last week. This week with the Sam F. Davis Classic Causeway, and then coming up, uh, upcoming in the Risen Star, Small Happy will be in that race. So, Louis, which those are the add? top three finishers of the Kentucky Jockey, Jockey Club, Club that I mentioned. Yeah. yeah, in reverse order. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Classic Causeway actually looked like White Barrio in this race, which is interesting. And so, uh, he looked a little greener, um, switching leads coming in after that second turn. I that doesn't bother me in February. He looked really great. It's something that he can figure out as he goes forward. And so, um, it, it is. I, 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 this is usually the time of year. Oh gosh, I gotta make sure I got this right. Mike, is this usually when you tell us that the three-year-old crop sucks and then you like it at Derby time and then you hate it? After? <laughs> um, I'm not on the three-year-old crop sucks just yet. I'm, I think there's <laughs> a yet. lot just to. <laughs> there's got a it. lot to number one because I'm a huge like like I love Messier, and right. uh-huh. we're right. gonna again in the. In, in the risen star, there's a horse that freaking beat Messier. That's right. in that. So yeah. And then we got. I mean, this. It's. It might be shaping up to be a little bit more competitive, and I'm just totally intrigued by what happens with the Baffert owners. So. I think you used the right word, by the way. I think competitive is the right word. I don't know if it's how how great it is or anything like that. What the grandeur is going to be, but I do think there's a lot of competitiveness. I think there are a lot of capable horses in this crop. At least uh, this risen star was brutal to handicap and i'm so glad i got it before any of the odds were out because i think it would have swayed how i felt about the race and um i think i lined up reasonably close on that race but i'm not exactly sure and so it it just it it is the risen star kind of shows i mean i I kept looking at a horse i'm like oh yeah he can win oh yeah yeah, he can win (laughs) Uh he's got a chance oh yeah oh he can definitely (laughs) oh he can win and that's just kind of how it went and so um I'll have to go back and listen to episodes from this time of year if I always do this or if uh just seems more open than usual this year. And this so. isn't on the show sheet, but you know how often I just follow the show sheet. But you know, <laughs> after one another derby prep with the El Camino Royale, so uh, yep. or Real, so there it is. And Black Adder took that one and uh, you that know. All, can I can we just mention that race also? Sure. Because go for it. Friend of the show, they, Matt. I feel like at Golden Gate Fields. And I mean, maybe it's just every time that I watch, but I feel like they come off the rail so much when they come around that turn. Everybody just fans out. And it was yep. just the perfect ride by Edwin Maldonado, yes. I think, right? He was the horse. Yep. Of memory. To just he was like, Oh, okay, thank you very much. Like <laughs> he sure. just stayed straight. But everybody just comes nobody rides the rail there, I feel like. And so it just yeah, I didn't have that horse. I I besmirched him. Hashtag besmirchment drink, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I ju- it just seems like a, a classic Golden Gate and thing. classic for the show. If we besmirch a horse really hardcore, that horse will. Oh win. yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I had him in my second spot. Let's Not, settle. But down. Megan besmirched. <laughs> Megan I did besmirched. not. Yeah, it went two one bes- for me. But um, besmirchment happened. So, <laughs> but I do agree with Megan. If if um Blackadder's Blackadder's in that spot where McKinnon was. I think McKinnon mm-hmm. can win the race coming up the rail. I agree with Megan on that. So it's not, um, you know, trip matters and, and those sorts of things. But uh, I think that McKinnon goes back to turf, and I think that's where that horse is. 
Black Adder feels like they'll try him in the Preakness. That's what it feels like to me. Well, so. I mean, that, he got the automatic bid to the right. uh, to the Preakness. Right. Well, and he definitely can run there, right? So. I mean, Megan, sure. can I just say that it looks like I am having a fantastic hair day? I mean, all right. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Great. <laughs> that's another reason to tune into Spotify and make sure that is you that can watch the show and not just listen and that see is, yeah. my fantastic hair day, you know? All right. Listen, if you're in your mid 40s and you've okay. got this kind of cabbage going on, like yeah, this is this is legit right here. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm so like shredded I, I, at this point. I yeah, got, no, I'll get you. I'm almost 30. I got a lot. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get to baby Yoda uh not showing up and King Guillermo not showing up, I know oh, very okay. upsetting. Whoa, 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 About the king. Here's the deal. And I want I want to talk to everybody about King Guillermo. What do we want most from our horses? We want consistency. And no one is more consistent than the king. You want a horse that runs dead last? That's our guy, King Gear. You watch your mouth. You watch your mouth. Oh Finish my your God. I want to talk before because we've mentioned Bow Baffert so many times. This was a pretty I, I guess it was a big weekend. We don't we don't really know much. I mean, he had mm-hmm. his hearings in Naira and in, in Kentucky. And uh I, you know, ironically enough, I just I just happened to run in uh, to some of our Starlight Racing connections uh, at the uh, Tiger mm-hmm. Tech High School there because that's where all the great leaders in Louisville, Kentucky, go to high school. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so we were there, and I was just kind of, hey, what's what happened today? What's going on? Like, nobody knows anything. Like, if, like right. well, if the people at Starlight, like I, I totally. Like, don't think that they were feeding me lines. Like, they legit didn't know anything. Well, it's really interesting with what happened in New York because the judge ended up saying that he wasn't, Baffert wasn't given due process and dismissed the lawsuit. So that is really interesting because, you know, Naira acted very quickly and didn't give him a hearing in a timely manner. And then, you know, certainly didn't give him due process. And and it's kind of the same argument here. And I don't know if that's what Craig Robertson's going to say, Baffert's lawyer, but, you know, Churchill was very quick to be like, nope. But we got to be, well, hold on. There's the Churchill, there's the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, and there's Naira. And just to be clear, Naira is a state-ran organization that has to follow due process. Churchill Downs doesn't have to do any of that. No, I know they're a private company. Agree. Yeah. But then now, you have the Kentucky the Horse Racing Commission. Says. Right. Exactly. So I, I'm curious to see if, you know, if that's going to carry over. Uh, Louis, do you have anything to add about the Baffert situation? <coughs> Apologies. So uh, Janet Patton is a good follow online. She works for the Herald Leader in Lexington. She covers horse racing. And she doesn't just look for reasons for horse racing to go out of business. She actually does a, does a good job. Um, she's at Janet Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N-H-L on Twitter, if you wanted to go find her. She was following these hearings really closely, did a really nice job. And she tweeted something like, they went into closed session about this. So I quote tweeted, mm-hmm. reminder, this is a publicly funded organization that shouldn't be debating this race behind the scenes. And she responded, those are the rules. And I said, appreciate your work. The present rule is stupid, right? And so, like, right. not your fault, Janet, but the rule is really stupid. And so, um, I don't know. I, I like what they do up at um, at Hoosier Indianapolis, Indiana Grand, with the with the steward cam, and they you get to see them making decisions about races. I would yeah. appreciate some kind of transparency where the K- KHRC is talking about this in an open forum. 
I absolutely trans- they, I mean, and they said that there was going to be transparency and there's not after maximum mm-hmm. security they come down and they tell us they're going to give us this press conference and then they sit down they make a statement and then they get up and walk away and how we were so mad louie because we were I, sitting in that press room i waited and- i sat around it was my first derby covering it uh, do it for the part of the show and I just, I just remember thinking, I can't imagine getting a paycheck from the people in front of me and going, "Oh, what's that? He wants, he wants to get, get out of here, bleep off." And that's essentially what they did. And I just, there's a level of arrogance with the KHR, KHRC because I don't think they do a poor job race to race. Like that's not the issue here, right? As far as stewards and and things like that, it's stuff like this. Be more, way more transparent. Like, does it matter to you that this is an ointment or if it's an injection? Like, do you care? Do you care that in the the UC Davis necropsy that he's got joint, that his joints are worn down? And this is what people say about betamethasone is that it helps with joint inflammation. Well, if they're overworking the horse by using this, I mean, no, like, does well, that matter to you? Does it? If it doesn't, if, if, if people are way off on that, then say it out loud. That's fine. To be but fair, though, I don't think they said that his joints were necessarily, like, significantly worse than your average sport horse because... I mean, most horses would have joint issues, just like if you were an athlete, sure. especially if sure. you played sports really young and you started young, you know, you're going to have some degeneration on those joints. That's just an automatic. So I, I don't know that that but what I'm saying matters is, as much. So if you were on the KHRC, that wouldn't matter to you. Right. I would love it if you were in a public forum about it. That's my point. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I'm getting at. It's like, does stuff like that matter to you? No, we don't care about that. That's not what we're talking about. If you were all an care athlete, about is <laughs> throwing shade at Louie. I wasn't saying Louis specifically. Listen, you know how good of a hockey player Louis Rebeau was. All right, I, come on now. I would love to. Yeah, I'll, Louis, I will. We can watch you play hockey. <laughs> Highlight reel. I'll give you some props for that. Like, if you should join oh. a dad league, I would totally come to those. Al games. Bundy talking about his high school football I, days. Here we I go. I talked about this before on the show, and, and I and I. Megan, um, do you know who Al Bundy is? Oh, no. Stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, not the geez. Ted Bundy guy who like murdered everybody. No, right? no, no, you no know relation. him as you know um has Jay Pritchard from Modern Family. That's Al Bundy. Yeah. So Oh, that's not. That's Ed. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, yes. His name on oh. Modern Family is Jay Pritchard, though. Yeah. But yeah. where does the other name come from? Al Bundy was married with children, like the, the show that made him famous. I got it. Following. Yeah. Yeah. That show in Roseanne changed sick house forever anyways um no uh i would I, I would never play hockey again in my life because i discovered a couple of years ago from a doctor um that i had bruises on my brain that will never heal um from oh, playing ice hockey yeah, don't, don't and that, um and, and it, it affected the chemistry of my body in a way that was overwhelming and uh put me in therapy so i stopped playing ice hockey for those reasons and my kids will never play ice hockey so there you go so there you go okay so yeah. just just video highlights were fine. <laughs> much safer. I did play for. I played from age three until uh, into college, and um, I have nine documented concussions just from hockey. Um, right. And I have three documented ones from outside of hockey, uh, suggesting that the kids out there don't have a dozen concussions. Uh, just to, <laughs> from Uncle Louie, just a small. JD's ready to get onto the baby Yoda highlights, but you know, again, <laughs> we are, we are in the track, fifty point the races. So it is, we are on Baffert trainer watch to see what happens if these owners, you know, start to shift these horses to other trainers or not. And if a decision's made. So I, I think things get very interesting over the next four weeks, but uh, let's move on to watch 
uh, Baby Yoda get beat. Uh, go ahead and play it, JD. <laughs> Bank on Shea. They go to the front. Up on the outside, Baby Yoda going to try to come after that one as they turn to the top of the stretch. Bank on Shea. Baby Yoda putting swings into action on the outside. Also trying to run on Cajun Casanova. A final furlong left to go. Bank on Shea. Here's Baby Yoda on the outside. These two at the 16th pole putting just in behind him with Cajun Casanova. Baby Yoda with a fight on his hands. Down toward the inside. Bank on Shea. Baby Yoda. Bank on Shea. They come to the wire. Bank on Shea came back. Man, what a battle down the stretch, huh? I mean, that was pretty impressive. So Bank on Shea pulls it out uh, by the nose. Uh, what do you think about Baby Yoda? Is it, you know, obviously it's a gelding, right? So we, that's the kind of horses we like around here. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he'll just run forever. Um, that's I what mean, we want. I told, Wise you, I told you that I had Bank on Shea on top. I told you Belmont will never win if I am watching the race. There you go. All right. So, I told you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a better performance than I, uh, than you know, than some of his other races here recently. So that was good. At least we're we're back in in winning ways here. So the fact that he was able to win in a stakes race too is uh, appreciated because he only won allowance races, and it he was starting to feel a little. Um, who was that horse? Hidden. Hidden connection? What was the horse's name? Mm. Remember? Yeah, that that's kind of what this was starting to feel like. And maybe is also. So like is he as good as we thought he was from that one time? Meh. I don't know. Yeah, I mean to be fair, baby Yoda's last win was in September in an alliance race, right? So Right. That's fire, what I mean. But it's like speed, he like he had that speed. huge number, like hidden connection had that huge number in the flop and and this guy did it on a fast track, but regardless, from the Bill Mott camp it he feels like the new hidden connection to me. There you go. All right. So, uh, Louis, anything to add on Baby Yoda? Consistent Guillermo. <laughs> I just love that every year that we do the drink, this show, we have at least one or two horses that have a Star Wars reference and uh, kudos that are like decent horses that are running the stakes level. So, kudos to those mm -hmm. owners out there. Keep the Star Wars references coming. I love it. <laughs> Mike needs a racehorse now. And, uh, I do. The name is something Star Wars related. And then we had uh, Gladys in that allowance race, the full sister to Rachel Alexandra. Ran like it. Which, uh, yeah. with the Rachel Alexandra stakes is today, or this we're going to talk about today. It's not actually today. Right. It's, it's on Saturday. 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 Which, that, if everyone doesn't know, that, that race is named after a former filly named Rachel Alexandra. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, You're so good uh, with those facts. I know. I know. I just I had to pull it out. <laughs> Let's uh don't pull it out. So what we're going to do today uh <laughs> what we're going to do today is Louie's going to give us a quick uh just update on or not you know a preview of Laurel. So just kind of a rundown and then we're going to do some uh, handicapping on the pick 6. Actually not the pick 6, I apologize, but there are six races that we're going to talk about out at mm -hmm. the fairgrounds for uh for Risen Star Day. So Louie, why don't you go with your uh, Laurel preview here? Yeah, just uh it's General George Day at Laurel Park. It's actually a, a cool stakes day. I think they have either seven or eight stakes on the card. There's two grade threes to close uh, at the end of the card, which is nice. They're making the horrific decision to run a $5,000 claimer at the end of the card. Shame on you, Maryland Jockey Club. Um, this is not how you should be doing things. Look at how the fairgrounds is running their late pick five, which I confirm with John Dooley does start. There is actually a late pick five. It's just not in the form. Earlier forms, I'm sure it shows up now. Do but, we have um, like an actual – answer from someone as to why they do that because the only answer i've ever heard was that uh it allows for traffic 
but like no one's at the racetrack. Like, let's be real with ourselves, you know? Yeah. So is that really a thing or? I don't know. Just, yeah. it, we did it once. And so we're always going to do it forever, which seems very on brand for horse racing. <laughs> yeah. Right. No kidding. So I, but I got a nice reply from John Dooley on Twitter that yes, there is a late pick five. He kind of, it was a little like, yes, dumbass. Of course we have a late pick five, but um, it's not in the form. So wasn't trying to be a smart or dumb ass in that case. Also, there's, uh, in the forum, there's listed in all stakes pick four, but the second leg of that is an allowance race. So, like, it's fine. These are things. Um, No big deal. And so, uh, anyways, but at Laurel, the late pick five starts with um, race six, I think. Um, It does. Uh, The Nelly Morse. And that's the first single of the day. The six, Miss Leslie is in that uh, race. Maryland uh, uh, royalty there. Angel Cruz and Claudio Gonzalez. Um, she's by far the best horse in that race. So you could go from playing that pick four, which has, I think the takeout rate is 11% higher. Um, the pick out, uh, the takeout rates of the pick five on the Maryland circuit are super low. I either 12 or 14%. I want to lean toward 12, very, very low. Um, and then in race seven, I spread a little bit there. Um, one, three, four, and five. That's in the John B. Campbell for four-year-olds. Mile the 16th going around the track uh, all the way. And uh, one, three, four, five there. That does include the nine to five favorite um, in the one, which is uh, working on a dream. Um, but I do think you do need to spread a little bit more here because I do think Alario, for example, the Maryland Brett has a serious shot there. And I really do like Treasure Trove the five in that race. Uh, moving on, the next race uh, is race eight, which is uh, the grade three Barbara Fritchie. So this is for Phillies and Mares, seven furlongs. So back to back grade threes at seven furlongs there in Maryland. I do spread in this race as well. Uh, the two, three, four, and eight. So I'm taking half the horses here, including glass ceiling, um, Kev, uh, Kev Lasaurus, and um, who else are they? Regal Retort. And then, of course, the eight is Belt of the North. I did all of these before the numbers were out. So I do have a seven to five favorite in that race. So if you wanted to shorten up and try to use that seven to five, that's fine. I don't think you should do that because in the next race, it's a horse named Cordmaker. All he does is run in Maryland and win. Uh, he's the two in race nine in the grade three, General George. Um, he is shortening up to seven furlongs. You'll notice his numbers at seven furlongs are not great, but he is 10 for 26 lifetime at, uh, at Laurel has won his last three at Laurel at a mile and an eighth, a mile and a 16th and at a mile. So the horse seems to not care how far he's going at Laurel. He just wins again. This is the Carrasco. And, uh, and actually in this case with Rodney Jenkins, they hit it 13% together at Laurel limited sample size, but very, very good. And then in the last, I'm actually going shorter in that 5,000 claimer, that has 75 letters after it qualifying you for the race um, with the, uh, with the five and the six. Uh, what are the odds in there? Oh, five to two and eight to five. Look at me agreeing with the Maryland morning line maker. There you uh, go. Danny deep cuts is a New York bread. And then Congress hall will be my two in the last race. My initial ticket. If you'll put that up, JD is 16 bucks. You can build off of that. Um, it's a very cool. playable late pick five. I would prefer to play that. Like I said, because I do think Miss Leslie comes through in that first leg. Um, and makes that pick five with that lower takeout much more playable than the pick four. Of course, the General George uh, always run on President's Day weekend and is named after General George Washington. And uh, Nellie Morse, by the way, very interesting fa- interesting fact about Nellie Morse. So Nellie Morse was a, a champion Philly in, in Maryland, won the Preakness as a Philly in 1924, but also won the Pimlico Oaks, which later became the Black Eyed Susan. Obviously, I'm assuming they weren't ran – uh, you know, back on the same day or back to back days. So, but uh, yeah, so there you go. I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but that Nellie Morse is probably the only horse that has either won the Preakness and the Pimlico slash Blackout Season. So it would be great if she won it like uh, at like 12 35 post time and they came back and ran in the Preakness at 4 30. Like, 
just the same day. Like, Amazing. Whatever. Old school horse. Let's mm-hmm. go. I'm Nelly Morris. I'll run this out. Let's yeah. Go. And so it's kind of fitting that you have a Nellie Morris, a, a Philly that won the Preakness, and we got the Rachel Alexander, which is another Philly that won the Preakness. It's kind of, kind of a big day that way. So, all right, then let's go on to uh, Fairgrounds, and we are going to start with race seven. It is a fi- about this, – this is about five and a half furlongs on the turf. <laughs> I love that the fact that they put it's about five and a half furlongs. I, I cannot get enough of that. There's a lot of those. Yeah, it's very I, I understand like, that. Yes. It's very New Orleans. Yeah, you know, the Colonel yeah. Power is what we're going with. It's a $100,000 race for four-year-olds and up. Uh, Megan, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I have the two-horse, Just Might, on top. Um, big, big fan of Michelle Lovell, and I think she's an excellent conditioner, and this horse is super exciting. She's had some really good horses, uh, Change of Control being one of them, but um, Just Might is a horse that she actually bred herself part of, uh, and so she's pretty much got to make most of the decisions for this horse and he just seems to be a bit of a win machine in this particular um race he actually looks like he could have he could be the speediest of the bunch he seems like a horse that could go to the front and be happy staying there where there's a lot of kind of late closing sprinters in this particular field so i actually think the race shape sets up very well um and you know this is a horse too that seems like he can run on any kind of surface which i really appreciate because he's had actually quite a few wins in stakes races on the dirt. In fact, the one at Colonial <clears throat> in the Chesapeake, he lost a shoe uh, somewhere in the race and still ran like lights out that day. But um, but yeah, big fan of that horse. So I definitely have that one on there. I also put the eight horse um, in my top picks, trained by Edward Vaughn, who recently started training horses here in the U.S. He's from like England, that. but uh, he's, I, mean, he's, I guess he's, I think he's been here for a, maybe a year or so, but uh, this is a horse who comes from off the pace. He's going to need something to run at with the exception. If you throw out the race on the synthetic last time at Turfway Park, which he clearly hated, uh, it brings you to an allowance race where <clears throat> he had a hop start. So he didn't have any luck there. And then one more line down, it was in the Woodford at Keeneland where he ran against Golden Pal, extravagant kid who of course won in Dubai and County Final, who we'll talk about. Um, or I'm sorry, who came back to win his next race yes. there. So that was a pretty stacked field of horses. And I don't know what the odds are there. I, to be fair, I handicapped this well before the odds were out. Um, but I think inhalation with Adam Biscuits, could come back here off the layoff, hopefully, um, and show us something pretty exciting. So I have the uh, the two eight and then possibly the one Cowan <clears throat> for Steve Asmussen, who's burned me so many times. <laughs> uh, I just don't know what to do with that one. Louie? By the way, your inhalation is 20 to 1. That is a Megan special right there. That's right. Um, Megan's yeah, no. long shot. Yeah, so just minus, <laughs> seven, long shot. Just minus 7 to 5 in the line here. I, uh, I also, think, just might going for a three-peat in this race. Just might's yeah. only loss in the last, I think, eight races. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ninth race is either through disqualification or at Keeneland. And so um, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not holding that against the horse. I think this is a, a pretty obvious single if you're using this in some kind of sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have Cowan in the second spot. I think that a 2-1 finish is pretty likely here. Um, I am very intrigued by Megan's inhalation pick, which I do not agree with. However, um, <laughs> no, that doesn't... Mean, it's, it no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't mean that it isn't a good one. It just means that I don't <laughs> agree with it. But, um, but this is how I think you find this one what makes it interesting when you handicap without the odds and two, when you kind of handicap line by line as well, right? <clears throat> because in order to find a horse, a lot of the time, you know, not all the time, don't at me, but like at a big price like that, especially when you have a heavy favorite, 
one of two things needs to happen. Either the horse had some significant legitimate trouble that you can read in the running lines and just cross off those performances. And then he's able to step up <clears throat> or something's going to happen in the race. Like somebody misses a start or something yeah. like that. Somebody falls off, whatever. Um, but that's where I think you find kind of those big bombs in these types of spots. So a day like this, nice cat. Thank you. Uh, I think. Look at my pink post-it note. It's reminding me what to do for the goat that just gave birth yesterday. Okay. That's good. So anyways. Uh, don't let Megan babysit the kids. I don't remember Lee. what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. Speaking of which, though, let's talk a little bit because, you know, we talk all the time about class on class and just might, uh, to Louie's point, you know, is won all kinds of listed stakes races. Really, the once that horse steps up in the greatest stakes company, the horse struggles a little bit. I mean, it's a great example of, you know, just why we say class on class in my estimation. I mean, this is a listed stakes horse, performs very well at a listed stakes horse, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's had a, a great career and it's made a lot of money. But that's just what it is. I've well, this horse for five said, grand, made eight hundred k. I mean, it's yeah, the horse absolutely. of a lifetime. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Well, that being said, too, the the times when this horse has been in graded stakes races, there's been a lot of speed um, sure. in those spots. And for a horse who does its best running on the front end, we see that time and time again. I mean, think about the race with Wisconsin um, and uh, or no, 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 when Wisconsin won at Churchill Downs, right? You had those two speed horses that wore each other down, and <clears throat> so I think that can happen with this type of horse and did in the three graded stakes that I can see on the form. And the horses that were in those races were bound for nowhere. Impromis were super, super. Oh no. Huge fields. Winners. Yeah. You know, special reserve. Like these are, these are huge name horses. Lots of dominance so, and extravagant kids. I, mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think just might is, is incapable of getting a graded stakes win. I just think the particular graded stakes races that this horse has been in have been pretty for challenging. Monsters. Yeah. 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 Also and worth actually, mentioning because Megan mentioned speed, Cowan is not a go to the lead kind of horse. So Just Might doesn't have a horse to its inside that's going to want to go to the lead. Just Might's going to be able to get the lead. He he has. He's won on the front end before, but I don't think it's it's his preferred ride. It's not his preferred, yeah. Yeah. I mean he does break from the rail here, so maybe that's what they decide to do. Especially since oh, he's gonna have to, to he's gonna try to win. I agree. Yeah. A, yeah. a lack of speed in here, but um, but I think Just Might is a little bit more comfortable doing that. All right, let's move on now to race nine, which is the Albert M. Stahl Memorial, $100,000 race for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up. This is about a mile and the 16th. Um, and we have the the Catholic choice with the one-horse, Louis, past the plate. So is that who you're going with? So one of my favorite 2021 moments, <laughs> excuse me, was actually Al Stahl Jr. winning this race last year. It's not a handicapping note. It's just nice to see yeah. people achieve things and uh, to do it in spots that are personal to them is really cool. So I, I just remember the interview after the race and his obvious legitimate emotion about it. And it, it was one of my favorite moments last year. And um, mm -hmm. I hope other people haven't forgotten it, but past the plate does get first notes here. Um, and I'm going chronologically apparently, but don't take, if you take out this mayor's 16 races, not at this track, she has two wins, two shows and five races. One last time on the list at stakes at this distance. She hits the board two-thirds of the time over her career, regardless of track. She's a great runner. Obvious include. The eight is a meesh. I don't actually know the numbers on this one. <laughs> Brian Hernandez Jr., Cherie DeVoe. Uh, their general numbers are good, but Cherie is yet to really find her footing at the stakes level. And so this could be a nice breakthrough runner for her. Ran second last time enlisted company at a mile. Previously won at a mile and a 16th. She hits a 22% off a short layoff. So this is probably an include as well. I'm one eight in a shorter ticket in the stall. Megan, right. you... uh, no, I am. We'll find I one. Guess, 
I have the three on top, Abscond, uh, for Eddie Keneally and Adam Biscizza. I yeah, think okay, this sure. might have needed that last race. Uh, she was in against past the plate. In fact, she was favored over her. Um, but she lacked a bit of room. And I, I think that this is a horse that probably needed um, that start in order to get back to her best running. And she did that, too, in May of last year. She came back off a little bit of a layoff. She had a, a, an okay third, and then she had a really close fourth place. She only lost by three quarters of a length, so it was a blanket finish um, in a graded stakes race. So I think this is a horse that prefers second up, as we would say, when you're talking right. about racing in Australia and other places. Um, <clears throat> I think this is her, her comeback race here, and she's able to get back to her winning ways. I, I like the fact that Adam Biscaza has been on her a couple of times. So hopefully they've kind of created a bit of a rapport. I agree with you on Amish. Um, I give her a little bit of an excuse. I, I think that she... She started off her career on the dirt. <clears throat> they tried her sprinting. Then they tried her at a mile on the 16th at Keeneland. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, she didn't like the dirt at all. So like, okay, fine. She, she needs the uh, the turf course. Since then, she's only had one bad effort. And it was at Keeneland over the good, listed good at Keeneland, which we know is wetter than most other sure. tracks listed good. Because Keeneland firm already has a little bit of moisture to it. So when Keeneland yes. listed as a good track turf course, it's, it's got some some rain um but i did look at the weather forecast for saturday in new orleans and it is supposed to be sunny and beautiful and so i think it should be firm so i actually think the conditions look like they're going to set up perfectly for a niche and i'm willing to forgive any off performances that she's had because again i think they're pretty legitimate excuses so i really like a in here as well i thought about possibly the nine horse i hear you hmm. for um brendan walsh and tyler gaffleone um, this one, one last time out here at fairgrounds, it was a race that was over the sloppy racetrack. I was taken off of the turf course, but has plenty of experience on the grass. Two races back, ran at Turfway Park, had some, you know, an okay performance over the synthetic. So, um, since Brendan has kind of picked up the training on this horse, the numbers have improved on average, uh, was previously trained by Michael Sidham, but you know, Brendan took over here and, and I just think he's kind of figured her out pretty well. So I'm curious to see as Tyler gets aboard um, for the first time since Brendan has trained the horse, he did ride her uh, to a couple of nice finishes when she was trained by Mike Sidham. I'm hoping to, that we see another, another gear come out of this one. I will say, I wanted to go back to abscond real quick. The two, I, the I, I hear every, or the three, excuse me, uh, abscond. I hear everything Megan is saying. I think eventually a horse that hasn't won, I think it's going on three years. It, it just gets used to being in second and third. It's just it's just what they get used to, even if it's better company. And I know we're dropping into lower company than, than what, what she's been running in, for sure. That's not that's not even a debate. And I understand why Megan likes the horse. Second off the layoff, 5% with Eddie Keneally. Stakes race is 6% with Eddie Keneally. That's why I left abscond off of my tickets. I just wanted people to understand that. Yeah, I, I just think I hear you on that. I just think that the the minor placing finishes that she has run at are levels better than that were clearly sure. right. above where she needed sure. to run. I think those third by half a length, second by three quarters of a length, fourth by three quarters of a length, I think those performances in those graded stakes races are good enough to beat this field in a list of stakes race. There you go. All right, so we're going to move on to the mine shaft named after 2003 Horse of the Year, who ironically did not win a Breeders' Cup race, finished second in the Stephen F. Foster. I think he even finished second in this state uh, race when it was the world away. Uh, but this is so this is named after mine shaft, the 2003 Horse of the Year. Uh, this is a mile in a 16th. This one's not about, I think they've got this one down pat that it is a, 
a model 16. It is a great three, $250,000 purse for four year olds and up. And who do you like in this one? Megan? Uh, I have the five miles D uh, as my top pick. This is one for Chad Brown coming off a layoff. Hasn't raced since November of last year. And that was a win in a listed stakes race. Chad Brown with that kind of layoff comes back to win at 25%. Um, Horses that have won their last start, 26%. Dirt races, 25%. Route races, 26%. Graded stakes races, a, a measly 18%. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to talk about the trainer percentages there, Louie, I mean, yeah. this one certainly is an obvious choice well, in that yeah. regard. You know, the again, the one kind of off performance for this horse, if you are willing to cross something out, or two, rather, was a seven for a long sprint race and the grade one Travers. But this horse ran up against Essential Quality, who was just named three-year-old champion male horse last week at the Eclipse Awards. So I think that this is certainly a field that this horse, as long as he comes back fit and ready to go, which the statistics say he will from the barn of Chad Brown, uh, I think that's absolutely your horse to beat in here. I I thought about the 10 untreated as well for Todd Fletcher, kind of the same thing. You know, had that race in the bluegrass and, and just ran nowhere and then came back and had you know, two wins at Aqueduct, which is good, but I think some of the races that some other horses or that the horse I just mentioned uh, ran in before are a bit more impressive to me, uh, but still one that I thought about. And then the four is um, Olympiad, but again, Bill Mott doesn't win when I watch. So <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, Megan, who won this race last year? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Maxfield. Oh, Maxfield. Yeah. Good old Max. All right, Megan, turn your computer off. It's been fun. Uh, if you can't get a Maxfield question right, you should probably just go to bed. That's right. That's right. Get out. <laughs> You're done. A long day swimming in my backyard. So. Man. I'm so glad I didn't see the odds before we, we capped this one. Uh, so you, a horse you didn't mention I have on top. I don't love this race. I, I, I looked for every way to afford to press all in this race because I do think a ton of horses can win here. Really? I went ahead. I put Obesos on top because I think he's a horse for the course. All of his best running has been at fairgrounds. The Foley numbers are not overwhelming, but he and Brian Hernandez Jr. are hitting at 32% in a limited sample size of fairgrounds. Obesos is just the type of horse to keep that number up. I'll include him. Um, I then have, and then I talked about the 10 untreated. He's an interesting shipper for, for Todd Pletcher. Went two turns to break his maiden. Didn't do well in the bluegrass. They do right by the horse. They give him the time off seven months. Comes back. He's back to himself. Two turn wins at Aqueduct. Uh, two of them should like the surface at Fairgrounds compared to those those deep goes and you know in Queens. Wait, hold so, on a second. Isn't the isn't Aqueduct the mile a one turn? Yes, but the um he went a oh it's twice he went there. Okay, never mind. Yes, yeah. So he's only gone the right. one turn. At so uh, excuse me. And in he my did notes, win going says, two turns at Tampa. To be fair, you're totally right. My notes say two one-turn mile wins at Aqueduct, and I missed there you go. And I apologize, <laughs> but my my notes okay. are right. I'm just not. And so uh-huh. um, he should like the surface of Fairgrounds compared to the deep going Queens. Louis size aboard. He's an include for me. The horse between them is the nine Happy American, who's over five at Fairgrounds, but should have won last time out in the listed stakes over the distance over the same course. Super fast, one forty-three over that course. I think he should be an include here as well. First time booking for this horse, Florent Giroux is on midcourt. I, I, much more favorable company than what that horse has been running in. Much more favorable. I think he's capable of a huge number. And then I wrote last, 
The best New York shipper is Miles D, the five, Jose Ortiz and Chad Brown. Beat Speaker's Corner and Adair the last two times out. <coughs> Excuse me. One of which was a mile and an eighth at Aqueduct, which is two turns. Uh, would have won by a bunch if they were uh, at the distance that they're running on Saturday. He actually slowed down at the end of that race. I think he's going to include. So I went eight, five, ten, nine, and 7. I see what you're saying about abscond, but I'm going to apply that to midcourt. <laughs> because midcourt, okay. I, I just, I can't with this horse. Two oh. races back, it was an allowance race against at Santa Anita, which basically was like a claiming race. And then it's some of those Santa Anita like graded stakes races that we classify here on the horse racing happy hours. Like not really like graded stakes light, you know? Sure. So is this <laughs> a great three? The, and then the win before that was in 2020 for that horse. To so be I, fair, Olympiad is the favorite in this race. His winners, his wins are in really? an optional claimer an allowance race and in a maiden special. See, I like races like this to bet i think this is a really I totally agree i'm just saying yeah like, we can poop on midcourt all we want yeah but um, literally I, he lost love... to you know medina spirit stiletto boy and express train last yeah. time out i mean Christ yeah, no. i mean no. so I, you know i i just i i think he's he's an include i got five horses in this race. i am I, so, I, this race. I am so in on miles d yeah if that I horse like goes off anywhere near seven to two so I mean, i'm hearing that this is not a great three It's like a, I mean, grade three minus at best, right? That sounds right. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, well, well no, I'm a, there's some horses that are. I think yeah. if either Olympiad or Miles D wins in this race and then goes on to do something else, they could actually become a grade three. Okay. Yeah. But at the current time, it's grade three minus. I agree. It's a grade three minus, yeah. Let's move on to uh, to race 11, which is the fairgrounds at fairgrounds. Uh, this is a grade three, $150,000 purse for four-year-olds and up. And we're going to try to see a repeat winner here, potentially for Captivating Moon, uh, who tries, who did win this race last year, but is coming in here twenty to one. So uh, the horse who won this race last year is in this race at twenty to one. So, uh, Megan, what do you think about what do you think about this? Uh, I had the three horse as uh, at twelve to one as so one there's of some my money top be made in this races in here. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. I, I there's a couple of things I like about this horse. I mean. You are uh, getting a technical drop down in class because this horse was in the grade one Hollywood Derby. Um, this is a grade three, went a mile and an eighth last time, and we're going about a mile and an eighth. So those two things line up. Love about. the workout. Uh, yeah, love the workout reports for this horse in the past couple of drills. I just think he comes in with a bullet work over there on the turf course. Um, he works really fast over the main track as well. You know, the one maybe vulnerability for this one is that it does seem like he's a, a closing type. So he's going to need a little bit of speed to run at, but I think that Brendan Walsh can certainly bring horses back off of a bit of a layoff. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see with Tyler aboard again, you know, if we can get another, another gear out of this one. So I really like um, Samson and at 12 to one, I like it even more. <laughs> this was the race Louie that I thought, all right, this would be my spread race. I mm -hmm. think. So sure. I, I have the three, six, seven, ten, possibly the nine. So the six has never run in the U.S. before. Chad Brown trains, Jose Ortiz rides, first time Lasix. Again, all the things that I said before with Chad Brown and his great percentages apply here. Uh, so I'm going to include that one. <clears throat> the seven Halo again for right. Come on for that one for Steve Asmussen. Uh, I thought about with Joel Rosario, who rode this horse through a really good second half time. Only, I'm never going to get it right. <laughs> only two, only two um, races on the turf course 
but uh, that includes a first and a second <clears throat> and has had plenty of races over the Woodbine track. So it certainly seems like he's built for this type of race. And then, really? uh, sorry, oh, I had sorry. Cough. <clears throat> right. and um, the 10 horse Largent for Todd Fletcher was really intriguing because I think we're getting back to a bit more of a manageable level and spot for this one. Yeah, that's right. And I really didn't know what to do uh, with the nine point by me. You know, the the one kind of big win for this horse, technically this is a grade one winner, but it was in the um, Bruce D and uh, formerly known as the Arlington Million, right? And yep. um, at a mile. And I just didn't think that was a great field. So, I mean, blinkers on. So that's... <laughs> Megan, do you know who Steve Largent is? <laughs> There's no yeah. way. Be no nice. way. There's no way. I don't think so. Former NFL wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Is he, and JD says he's a senator now. Which I, I did. Can we just point out that I uh, was on the Bobby B show and talked about football. And uh, chose the Rams to win, and then they won. So, like, I am currently one for one with you had a 50 50 shot. Slow down there, slow down there, Smokey. Listen, I'm just that humble brag. Okay, I am undefeated currently with my other sports besides horse racing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got to say about the fairgrounds? Undefeated, never lost. I um, I landed out three horses here. Three, all three of them are in Megan's top four. Um, cool. I actually landed on Adamo the six. Chad Brown hits at 39% with horses running for the first time in North America. Yeah. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lasix for the first time. Did you say 36%? 39. 39. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, I see 39. Yeah, we're yeah. almost at 40. <laughs> 28% first time Lasix, 25% off the layoff, the most yeah, obvious just, include ever. Um, and then I have large it. <laughs> In the second spot, second off the layoff training very nicely. Pledge size, all the numbers make sense. I think this, <coughs> excuse me, this horse gets a chance to get back into a more normal routine here. Run a second time out. I have the three Santon as well. Um, super lightly Woo! raced, but has done something I really love. Breaks his maiden at Indiana Grand, wins an allowance at Keeneland, then loses the Hollywood Derby by a neck in an yeah. absolute charge. Um, and so a recent 57-second five furlong workout. Had I gone first, I would have said, Megan will tell you, the horse wasted all its energy in that workout, but Megan apparently doesn't agree what? with that. And I never so, uh, say that. You think sometimes horses get too keen for a workout and they run their race in the workout rather than in physically. The race, right? If you see it, I haven't seen this workout, but I don't think Brenda yeah. Walsh would let. He, I agree. With he that, has a he's an excellent yeah. rider himself, and I've mentioned oh. many times. You know his staff that I some of which I rode with and uh, and know are very excellent. Pull it up. Pull it up. Jay, and anybody said. Anybody can get taken off with on a horse, certainly, but I I don't think that was the case. I think he is like to me, the workout pattern reads that this horse is sitting on a huge race. They have him keyed up and ready to go. Because look, I mean he's a racehorse. Racehorses want to run and he's been off since November of last year. I mean, this horse is probably like tearing down the walls of the stall to run. And that's what I interpret that as. But to be fair, I didn't see the workout with my own eyes. JD points out the very obvious here. We besmirched the horse by not mentioning them. Two Emmys, the 11, is the favorite here. We did not mention that horse, so that horse is going to win by open Mm -hmm. place. There you go. Uh, And also, we've mentioned Indy Grant a couple times, and we got to give a shout-out to our girl for uh, for birthing the baby. New foal. Yeah, so... (laughs) Uh, and to I, I sent her a, a text, I sent Rachel a text and said, hey, good job, mama. And like 
she still is like connected to her phone. I got like a response. Oh yeah, for, in, no, like four 100%. seconds. Absolutely. <laughs> She's probably listening right now. So, I mean, let's let's you know breastfeeding, <laughs> breastfeeding and listening at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Get a life, Rachel. Um. So let's move on to speaking of Rachel to the Rachel Alexander Stakes. <laughs> and listen, I mean this horse, this race never produces any good horses. You know, last year we had this horse named Clarier beat Travel Column. I don't know who those two horses are. <laughs> Swiss Skydiver finished third in this race to British Idiom and Finite. There was yeah, Sarah right? Guinea Epris who won this race. Monomoy, <laughs> who's Monomoy girl? I've never heard of that. That you know. Uh, so this is a this is obviously like this is this is the coming out party for Phillies all the time. Any mm-hmm. horse that wins this race, you've got to take serious as a not only just for the Oaks, but just one of those Phillies who becomes a mayor who's just going to be a, a dominant force in the sport. So, yeah. uh, and of course, if you've listened to us at all, we love the Phillies because they race longer, right? Mm-hmm. So we like to see uh, horses that you can get behind and really follow. So, Louie, who's that horse going to be this year in the Rachel Alexander? Loaded field here. Wanted to point out, shout out to the uh, folks at, R- at Fairgrounds, $300,000 per year. You want to get the horses to your races? Also that's what you do. That's what you is do. It's really good. Yeah. I'm very excited for this card. I agree with you. I'll go ahead. I'll take the BC Juvenile alumna, the 11 hidden connection. I think she ended up the favorite three to one. Um, Calhoun Gutierrez connection, 37% sizable sample at fairgrounds. Works have been good and consistent at fairgrounds. More than a hunch than anything, but she's already won over two turns and is by a curling stallion. Out of an awesome again mare. I think she's an include, obviously. Trader Robertino, uh, Robertino Diodoro has the four Dream Lith, who is apparently a six to one. Gave her some time off after winning the two turn grade two Goldenrod at Churchill Downs. Um, he and Ramon Vasquez hit it 34% in a huge sample, has a ton of experience in high level stakes. So I think she's an include as well. And then another six, or gosh, yeah, six to eight to one, eight to one horse in the one La Crete. I think she's a likely winner. This is a Steve Asmussen, Joel Rosario combination. All the numbers make sense for her. I think she's likely part of the equation. I don't think spreading more than that is silly at all. I think it's wide open, but those are my top three, at least 11, four and one. I am very excited that you didn't mention one of my favorite horses in here and, and possibly my uh, top pick at eight to one. And that is uh, North County. Yeah. North County. Or, yeah. Uh, Brendan Absolutely. Walsh and Adam Biscuza. So this horse is really interesting to me because I did not see her at Indiana and she debuted there and she won on the grass going seven yeah. and a half furlongs. Then she comes back to Keeneland and I remember seeing her in the paddock. She, first of all, is such an athletic, scopey build. I didn't know who she was or, or whatever. And to be honest with you, I, I, well, it was just an allowance race, I guess. So I wasn't, it wasn't like a big race that I was paying attention to and trying to sure. look for a horse. But it was just one of those horses that caught my eye. And I turned around and I was like, who is that? And then she immediately proceeded to rear <laughs> and was like giving her two handlers. She was strapped down on either side. Like a, a seriously hard time for Paul Madden was doing everything, the assistant for Brendan was doing everything he could to just keep her from f- just pegasusing to just <laughs> fly off the ground and leave Keeneland, right. like leaving from the Bluegrass Airport. And she, uh, I remember that that race taking off turf and I thought, man, she looks so scopy. This is probably an excellent turf, uh, turf horse rather. And she was, I think, pretty good price that day. She was like 12 to one. So I put a couple bucks down on her anyways. And she won by two lengths that day. But it was one of those that, 
she, when she finished, she had so much left in the tank and you can see it from her. Um, and then, so she comes back and she shows up in a dirt race. And right. again, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this because I thought this was like super scopey turf course, you know, long distance, whatever. And, and I think that applies as far as the distance is concerned. But the fact that she was able to prove herself on the dirt surface here at Fairgrounds to me is really exciting. So she is super athletic and I, I think she's definitely one to watch here. So I'm, I have her at eight to one. Um, I had the nine uh, awake at midnight as a possible include sure. here for Doug O'Neill coming from the West coast. I don't know, you know, I, I'm kind of hesitant <laughs> to take some of those, but why not us? Um, and then a horse you didn't mention Louie was uh the seven Turner loose. And this is yep. one that's moving over from turf to dirt. So kind of something similar, but we haven't seen her prove herself on dirt yet. Uh, that being said, Brad Cox wins at 33% when moving yes. horses from those surfaces. So uh, that's certainly something to, to take note of. And then I, I agree with you. Possibly you look at hidden connection and then um, LaCrete, who I think is an up and coming yeah. star. I'd, I'd probably put LaCrete uh, ahead of hidden connection, but I, Maybe it's just a hunch thing for me and because I physically saw this horse and was so taken by her, but I'm probably going to bet a a nice win bet on North County and and hope for the best. Nice. All right, we're going to move on to the Risen Star Stakes. So this is where the first 50-point Kentucky Derby uh, prep race is, and it is in the fairgrounds. Risen Star, by the way, probably the most (laughs) accomplished of Secretariat's offsprings and uh, was one of those horses that came into the Kentucky Derby as the favorite in 1988, lost to winning colors, but went on to win the Preakness in Belmont. And uh, and when after the Belmont got hurt in the Belmont, never raced again. Uh, So this is the Risen Star two, you know, two legs of the triple crown for Risen Star. And uh, we got another really good field here, I'm sure. Uh, including, like we talked about, slow down Andy, who knocked off Messier as a two-year-old, and uh, Louis and Small Happy, who we talked about earlier as well. Uh, Mandaloon won this last year. Obviously, did pretty mm-hmm. good in the Kentucky Derby himself. Um, who do we like in this one? Megan. Oh, me. Uh... I'll go first with you. <laughs> so, I – First of all, we have to mention uh, the eight horse smile happy, obviously seven to two. Plenty of people like this one, trained by Kenny McPeak, uh, has been pointing for this race for quite a while. Corey Landry is going to retain them out there. That Kentucky Jockey Club, we mentioned this earlier, <clears throat> has turned out to be such a productive race. Smile happy won it uh, by, I think, a pretty decent, yeah, three and a quarter length. So a decent margin there. This game running from out of it and was able to just pass. I think tired horses, but certainly some talented horses, as we have seen. Classic Causeway, who we mentioned, won the Sam F. Davis, finished second, and then White Barrio, who was um, who? What do you win in Florida? Was the uh, Holy Bowl? Holy Bowl, right? Yeah. <clears throat> was a third place finisher in there. So it does seem like it's been a pretty productive race. I, I like this horse um, quite a bit, and I certainly think that he is a, a reasonable favorite in here. But I think I might try. Maybe to beat him with Papa Cap, who I have recently become a fan of. That's a great uh, four name. Four to one there with Tyler Gaffleyon and the Irons for the very first time. He rides extremely yeah. well for Marcassi. We've seen them team up. On, I'm a big Tyler fan on the show, apparently. Uh, but but uh, seen them team up many times on many good horses. I, I watched the last couple of races, and you know this horse finished behind um, Corniche in the American Pharaoh, the Grade One race at Santa Anita, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile finished second there to Corniche as well. 
and has already done quite a bit of shipping in his career too. Yes. So, you know, he, he raced at Goldstream. He won on debut, goes to Del Mar immediately in the best pal. He wins there. Um, then in the Del Mar Futurity, he uh, was fourth that day. And, and I think maybe he just needed that, that seven furlongs as a little top and obviously a grade one. But then he performed so well in the other grade ones after that. In the um, LeCompte, I thought that he fought on actually pretty well. He finished third in that race, but he really battled for quite a while. And um, I don't think the, the rider switched sticks on him um, very much in that stretch. And, and so I'm curious, two things. One, with a different rider here, if we're going to see an improvement, but also just the fact that this horse is going to run second off the layoff. And we talk about that quite a bit. And I think that could be, especially as he's a, a three-year-old now, you know, in his second race as a three-year-old, I think this is probably a horse that's matured in the best way. So I've, I've kind of talked myself into really liking Papa Cap. Um, and then the only other one I'll mention is the five epicenter <clears throat> for Steve Asmussen. We just see him, Asmussen. you know, he, yeah. he, I'm never going to, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm still going to correct you every time run so many of his good horses he brings his a string down to down to fairgrounds and this seems like a logical you know next big star for him he really hasn't done much wrong his only bad effort came when he was sprinting but since his horse has been in route uh in route races rather <clears throat> he's done very well and by the way shout out to uh not this time who has like a, an unbelievable amount of very talented horses very talented three-year-olds and others that we have seen uh, here recently, I feel like every time I'm talking about a horse that I really like, especially on the Derby and Oaks Trail or in graded stakes races, it's a not this time. So well done, uh, for Taylor Mead. <laughs> that right. Giants Causeway line could be a problem. It's it's, it's legit. There's there's a lot of good breeding in there for sure. <clears throat> it it is easy to look at White Barrio Classic Causeway and go, oh wow, smile happy won that race. He should be on top. Yeah, I, I, I think the choice for the better here is you either include him or you try to take a stand. Megan didn't mention a horse who's shipping in the old why not us opportunity here <laughs> in the 10. Slow down, Andy, the Calbred, who beat uh -huh. Messier by overtaking him in the stress, uh, the stretch, <laughs> excuse me, at Losal. Look, Messier doesn't love Losal, but any horse who beats Messier is good by me. And so I've actually got slow down, Andy, in my top spot. Um, Epicenter's in my second spot, a decent second in the comp, so he's already got the form there. I think he's going to get better. Works make sense. The connections make sense. That's an include for me. I have Papa Cap in the third because I like Tyler getting them out there. Um, a bunch of hitting the board, just not quite there. Tyler's the kind of jock that gets horses over the top. And so that to me is an obvious include. So those are my four. If you're going to play this race, the uh, the, the Ted five uh, one and then the eight. But to me, you either play the eight or you play not the eight for uh, for betting purposes. Gotcha. All right, so slow down, Andy. Uh, Megan, just out of curiosity, I mean, definitely doesn't have the speed figures that some of the other horses. Anything else that you would knock on slow down, Andy? Um, <clears throat> oh, I mean, the, we've seen some nice horses come out of the Los Alaminos futurity, so I don't want to necessarily yeah, knock Messi that race. Yeah. No, I, I'm besides well, that, that's a nice race, horse, right, but maybe. like, yeah, right. But oftentimes, yeah, those low cell races just don't <clears throat> compute. Um, okay, sure. You know, a lot of jockeys will take off that meet. That's kind of the, like, vacation time. Uh, a lot of trainers will, like, rest their horses because you're getting ready for opening day at Santa Anita, 
whatever. So uh, I'm always kind of leery of putting a lot of weight on that particular meat. Um, but you know, why not us? So, okay. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, Louie, I hope you have a great trip. When do you come home? Did Louie freeze? I think Louie did freeze. He's looking or oh, he's really? really serious. Yeah. I just thought that was his face. No. Uh, <laughs> Megan, I'm glad the siren didn't go off. I hope you, uh, not don't... yet. I'm glad. I hope you all have a uneventful evening. Thank you. Well, I think my husband is feeding the horses, but I already fed them again or earlier, so they should, they'll be happy for sure. <laughs> all right. And, so we'll go uh, take care of that. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> Louis, bad happy. I hope you uh, have a great trip. <clears throat> all right. I don't know if Louis can hear me or not. All right. Let's just pay the tab and get out of here. Uh, we are the horse racing happy hour. <laughs> We'll talk to you next time.